This is Pete Moore. I am here on Halo Talks NYC with Chris Cazone of the Bain Capital Double Impact Fund. Chris, welcome to the show. It's a real pleasure to be here, Pete. Excellent. So what we're going to talk about today is investing in the halo sector, Mm -hmm. previously known as the wellness industry. And we're going to talk about how Bain came up with uh, the desire to set up a fund specifically towards impact investing Mm -hmm. uh, and talk about, you know, some of the things that you look for in businesses and, you know, what kind of characteristics you require and and what you find um, in order to get excited about going to investment committee getting on their board and creating big companies. So why don't you first talk about your background growing up in France, going to Stanford and, uh, you know, give, give our listeners a little lens into you as a person. Awesome. Well, um, again, it's a, it's a real honor to be on the show. Um, yeah, uh, briefly about my background. I grew up in the South of France, uh, being French American from an American mother and uh, who, um, she comes from the South of the U S so an interesting mix there and have been exposed to, uh, the southern food as I grow up, grew up in, in the U.S. and the southern Mediterranean food in France. So that's uh, probably the biggest point of my personality that you need to know. But um, I, I studied engineering and economics in France. Uh, and right after that, my first job was actually at the World Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's important to know because, you know, the, the idea of how we can use big organizations to kind of solve social environmental problems was a bit of the heart of my career. Uh, and that was, you know, my first job. Um, but very quickly, I was more interested in the power of how the private sector can do that. Um, and fast forwarding, you know, went to uh, consulting at Bain and Company uh, and joined Bain Capital in 2011 and was lucky enough to, to join, to be one of the early, early joiners of Deval Patrick, who's a popular two-term governor of Massachusetts. And he, when he left office, he joined Bain Capital to to build this new uh, team. And so um, being passionate about entrepreneurship as a, as a Stanford graduate, I got to do what I think consultants call intrapreneurship. Intrapreneur. Uh, exactly. So um, uh, managed to start a new business unit uh, under the leadership of Deval, which is uh, which we ended up calling Bain Capital Double Impact. Not because we love the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Double Impact, which... Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not about that, uh, but more about um, <laughs> the, uh, the idea that we can use use, again, business to solve social environmental um, problems. Uh, and so what, 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 what do we do? Uh, so we support uh, mission-driven founders uh, through investments of a, a, in between 10 and $50 million and help them grow uh, and help them grow their businesses. Uh, what mission-driven means is that, you know, more and more, I think, in the business of, um, of Halo, as, you, as, as, as we call it here, uh, um, a lot of founders kind of want to not only make money, but, you know, have a mission to, you know, make people uh, eat better or be, have, you know, more fit, uh, fitter people or, um, you know, maybe just um, personal passion. Yeah. Gotcha. How do you balance? Um, when, when is it? Well, let, let's first start off by by t- telling people like the the initiative of a impact investing fund, and there are several in the U.S. and they keep they, they keep cropping up as as different types of funds. What is that? What are you allowed to do, and what aren't you allowed to invest in? Just to make it clear, and and you know what 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 gets through investment committee, and what's like, hey, that's that's a nonprofit. <laughs> Absolutely. So we, I mean, what is clear is we committed to our LPs 
to our investors that there would, you know, we're promising the same types of returns as any fund. So to answer your nonprofit question, we are looking for going concern businesses, which are, you know, have sustainable business models and, and are profitable. We do have an additional filter that we look at when we get, you know, when I get a new company on my desk or by email, I need to, we have a, I need to understand for myself with the help of the team. And we have like very clear processes on these on whether or not this is a, a business which is solving a social environmental problem. So that's, you know, we'll, we'll we call it our impact screen. So we'll put every company through an impact screen. Mm -hmm. um, what is different than, you know, any other investor is one, you know, this impact screen. The second thing is we need mission driven management. So, you know, if a, if a CEO does not really care in the mission, we're probably going to uh, have. Uh, it's not so, like a marketing message that that's kind of falls dead on uh that on arrival. Exactly. And part of our due diligence process, which is, you know, an extra layer of due diligence is we're going to have a lot of these conversations and we're mm -hmm. going to try to align and, and understand where do you want your business to be in two years and three years and five years. And what's been really fascinating is I think, you know, with the millennial generation growing up and there are more and more kind of CEO owners who, you know, just care about, you know, where, what their company is doing. Sure. Uh, we know we, there's a lot more pull for our type of capital. People care who are going to be their partners, um, and you know, and, and hopefully uh, bring their bring their business to the you know reach their mission and solve the problems that they want to solve. So, so when when I was in business school, as you were, you know, they, we used to have classes about, you know, some some famous capitalists have said, you know, look, a business is made to make money yeah. and you could take your dividends and you could take your profits and basically do whatever you want with it on a charitable basis. But like a business is not set up to, you know, to, to create a charitable organization. Having said that, obviously from a marketing standpoint and from people doing good and from the demand that there is in the marketplace, obviously this resonates into mm -hmm. sales, but you know, maybe talk a little bit about how you've had to kind of, you, you've modified your lens to the point where, you know, if somebody comes to you with a company and it's like, okay, for every shoe, you know, set of shoes that, that, that are bought, like there's a pair of shoes donated to mm -hmm. someone else or a pair of eyeglasses or whatever it is. How do you think through like, what's like the appropriate amount of, of, of charitable contributions? And how do you think about, you know, like, okay, someone says like the percentage of this profits is going towards, you know, this cause. Like I've seen people say 2% of profits go towards this. I'm like, yeah. well, that's not very meaningful. 20%, that might be a little much, you know? So how do you guys think about that? Or how should people, how should entrepreneurs think about like, okay, I want to do a social good, but I also need to have a commercial understanding of my business. And I can't push it too far because I might push guys like you away. No, that's a great, great question. And uh, a lot of e economists are, are scratching their heads on this one. And how can we create this, this, um, the proof points here? I mean, going back to your, to your first statement, I think that was Milton Friedman, Friedman in, the, sure. uh, yeah, of course. in the 70s. Um, you know, he came up with this view of capitalism, which was very different than how capitalism was founded. You know, in the Adam Smith days and even before that, you know, the, all these economists actually cared about, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the stakeholders of the technical term. So your employees, your environment, your suppliers, your community, uh, and of course, your customers. Um, so what we're... What we're sharing um, right now and what we're... What the idea that we're pushing is... There are actually intrinsic benefits uh, long term to your to your business if you are treating your customers well. 
uh, and that's you know that can be through you know ha- just if I if I'm selling a better for you piece of food to, to you Pete um, or a meal, uh, you might be uh, and and inspiring you that into into values that you care strongly about as a person. You are likely to be more loyal and right. likely Agreed. to be a bigger advocate for my employees if I'm uh, inspiring them through the purpose of my business, which is an authentic one, and they want to work for me. They might be less likely to turn over and go to another business and they might want to be more creative and go the extra mile and, and invest more of their energy in the business. My suppliers will be stickier. Uh, if I'm uh, if I'm taking care of my environmental footprint, I will reduce my cost footprint inherently. If I'm shortening my supply chains, I'm saving costs. So there, there there's actually a lot of alignments in just basic business practices, mm-hmm. which are good for, for with social outcomes, environmental outcomes, but also, you know, I can eat at the end of the day through my bottom line. Sure. And, and and that's really kind of what we're proclaiming. That does not always work, by the way. So sure, we're not we're sure. not going to invest in a chemical plant polluting a river and necessarily say we're going to make you stop polluting, change your whole processes because that business just won't make money anymore. Yeah, that would be like triple impact. That would be triple impact, exactly. Right, right. Um, movie coming soon, maybe. Yeah, right, right, um, right. But uh, but what's fascinating for us is in investments like Impact Fitness or by Chloe or SRG, mm-hmm. uh, we can just tweak a little bit the business model there and and make these businesses extremely more impactful. So when, when you guys put capital into a company, obviously the, the company now has the ability to probably add more you know, professionals, executives, you know, mm-hmm. more, maybe more even of a strategic um, approach to their business. How, you know, from your standpoint of doing this for several years and, and from uh, the, the, the other professionals at, at being impact, do you kind of what do you do once you're invested in the company to say, hey, look, you know, you, you've made the screen. We did the deal with you. Yeah. Let me give you some more ideas of like how you can even be better with your with your suppliers. Maybe you should care about you can care about the environment even more because we've invested in these other companies that have like this really unique culture, which it's I mean, you could create a product, but it's very hard to create a culture, you know, so it seems like you have to self-select the culture that they really believe in this, but also to maybe say, Hey, look, this is what by Chloe's doing, or this is what they're doing at, you know, yeah. the planets or, you know, how, how is that, how is that kind of DNA kind of, um, you know, like operationalized, operationalized in yeah, with, absolutely. With so we, you know, we like to be, we're, we're never going to be, as I said earlier, the, the minority small investor. And, and there's a lot of capital like that out there. And, you know, if that's the type of capital you're looking for, we, we might just not be the best suited. We like to, to, to be helpful. And we have 35 years of experience within the Bain Capital platform, which is you know, benchmarks, we, we've made a lot of the mistakes, you know, the basic mistakes. So we try, you know, we try to remember those as an institution and not make them again, whether mm-hmm. it's through operational practices and, and you know, how, how your business works from the inside to, uh, you know, where to focus when you want to grow. And so that's more on the business level. And so, you know, we're, we're active on the board, you know, in a business like by Chloe, I probably spend a day a week, uh, you know, spend so you know, trying you to tell people what that, what that concept is. And so by Chloe is a, is a plant-based fast casual concept. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really unique concept based. So it was founded three years ago, I guess, four years ago now in, in, uh, in New York city, uh, it's scaled across the country in LA, uh, Boston, Providence, uh, and it's actually an international concept where we have two units and, London and it's uh, going to be opening in other cons- in in other cities. Uh, it's a the, the what I personally love about by Chloe um, are, are two main a- aspects. One is just it's it's actually a true brand. And how do you measure what a brand is? You know, we everybody everybody wants to be a brand, and I think 
you know, probably aligned with Halo. Everybody wants to be a lifestyle brand today. Sure, it sounds sure. really great. And I think it brings you a little bit more uh, multiple to your investment or to the value of your company. I think by Chloe is truly a lifestyle brand. Mm -hmm. And how do you measure, you know, whether your brand is to me is, is the idea that you can have permission to do things outside of your just mm -hmm. your initial range of your product. And so uh, a, a business like by Chloe can serve, you know, is serving uh, the delicious guac burger, which is, you know, plant based burger, which is a great alternative to. Um, to to the to the indulgence you'll feel by eating a Shake Shack burger, right. uh, but also can provide you know some meatballs, some uh, some uh, delicious cakes, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I um, and stay tuned for a lot of innovations on the menu uh, coming very soon. Got it. So when you when you look at a company like by Chloe and they say, hey, we want X multiple for our business, how much of um, how much work do you do? Like you know arithmetically and how much do you say look I, I you have a lens on the future I feel like if you're in in invest in impact investing and what you've done before and your consulting background and you say look I, I kind of know where the market's going and I know where this company could be positioned in it so maybe talk about you know not only do they get you know beans expertise and operational expertise but you know, you guys have a window into a lot of different companies mm -hmm. and you, you know kind of what they're planning you know what their competitive factors are and you know where they think the future is going. So if I had a hundred companies and I had a hundred CEOs and I said, what do you think the future is going to look like? And 75% of them said this, you know, that would probably be a good mechanism to say, Hey, I think this by Chloe is going to fit into these trends and you know, this is the right time to get in. So maybe talk about like yeah. your lens on the future, maybe not just what you think, but like what you actually know. Um, if, <laughs> if that's okay. Interesting. So on, on your question, I'm hearing two different things, actually. Do you mind? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm asking two different things. I think one is like there's a blue sky value that, that an entrepreneur wants for their business. Yeah. And, and I think you have the ability to say, well, historically, that multiple or that valuation might not be mm -hmm. reasonable. However, I know what the future looks like, and I'm willing to basically make a bet that this company is going to be that market leader. So answer that anyway, you see fit. No, absolutely. So, so on your first valuation point, I would say, you know, we just all fly to Vegas and put a ball on the roulette table and see where it lands. Well, and that's, sometimes the markets work like that, I feel like, right? So, um, hopefully it's not 36 cause that's a pretty high multiple. Um, but it's good. It's good. The double zero, uh, double zero feels, feels better to, to our investors indeed. Um, uh, but hopefully not our returns, but no. So the way we think about valuation is, is never really top down. Um, and that's not the Bain Capital way. We mm -hmm. really want to think about the fundamentals of the business and try to your second part of your question, see where the, the what's the business full potential, which is our, our internal lingo. I like um, full and, potential. Um, and so thinking about the full potential, indeed, you're going to look at two things. I mean, very broadly, you're going to look at where the market's going and what the company can do within that. Mm -hmm. uh, on the market, where the market's going, you know, there's there's a lot of, um, and I can get to some some um, some predictions there, uh, but, but maybe let's start with the company. On the company, you know, while respecting kind of the confidentiality of all of the, the businesses we see, you know, I can't unsee what I've seen. So, you know, I, I have a view on, I have a view and, and, and I can, you know, be a, a, a sounding board on, you know, what the right P&L should look like, you know, mm -hmm. what should be the right unit economics, where does, has growth succeeded and failed in the, in the industry? And not, not over the past two years, but again, thanks to not deals I made, but deals my bosses and predecessors made sure. at Bank Cap, I have, you know, 20 years of experience there. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, so that's a lot of the value we can bring at the company level. On the market, 
that, you know, I think, again, it depends category by category. I think when we're thinking through, you know, what we're trying to achieve as a firm investing in food, what fundamentally, you know, it, we want Americans to eat healthier and more sustainable food. That sounds like an extremely basic statement, but that's what, mm-hmm. you know, what we're always solving for into our investments. And how do you do that? And so that the main term that I, you know, the two main terms are one is access and access can mean geographical access and it can mean financial access. Uh, the, the second kind of big family is education. And so you need, you know, having, you know, you can eat a burger, you, you can basically eat anything as long as you have a balanced diet uh, and you don't eat too many processed foods. Right. Uh, and so we're really trying to push in that direction. And I think really the economy is going in the direction, but it's it's going to take a little bit more time than, frankly, I, I initially thought when I did some work five years ago on this space, you know, plant-based is growing like crazy. And, you know, I won't even quote a number because I think there's a one article every day coming out on how plant-based categories are, are growing double digits. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, we're um, the meat consumption per capita is the highest in 2000, uh, 2018 that it's ever been in, in America. So, you know, how can you reconcile these things? Are we, right. are we just eating more? Right. That's probably, <laughs> it's, it's probably true. Um, but so, you know, there, it's sometimes hard to unpack a lot of the statistics. What we do know, though, is the health outcomes today in America, which are, you know, you, you see in New York City, you've probably seen a, 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 all these posters of a third of uh, adults in America have uh, pre-diabetes. Yeah, we're going, that's why, you know, we're going after all those, those people that Absolutely. sell processed foods and you yeah. know, they make you think that frozen yogurt is good for you. And it's got 66 grams of sugar And this, uh, just as real as a sidebar. I, I spoke at this conference a couple of years ago and I took a 16 ounce bottle of uh, Mountain Dew. Yeah. And it's and basically four grams of sugar, equal, four grams of sugar equals a teaspoon. So I took the 16 teaspoons and put it in and just showed people and shook it up. I'm like, this is how much sugar like the average person is drinking. Like how you know, I won't. I won't use profanities. How is it possible that that Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew are the soft drink of the NFL? Like, do they not have any plausible deniability on why they would take that money when they know they're poisoning people? It just doesn't make any sense. So from, from a standpoint of like, when you look at, at the information and you say, okay, here's all these companies that are doing good things and they're, they kind of got their own little movements, you know, and, and I, hopefully with the halo sector, we're going to try and Mm -hmm. get more people. It's all about education. I agree with you. How do, how does being as, as you know, from a fund standpoint, like obviously you don't want to you're kind of like the quarterback and you don't want to like get in front of your investments, yep. but like I'm a you, behind the scenes guy you, you're behind yeah. the scene. You're like the guy, uh, I like to say the guy at the, in the uh, Broadway show, like you just see the top of his head and he's like conducting the whole orchestra and is controlling, you know, I hope the I, music I have and, such a nice suit that, that that person does. Yeah. But, I think you should get a, uh, a penguin the, suit, no, a penguin suit, maybe cut the sleeves off, go, you know, sleeveless with some uh, glow sticks and you know, you can like <laughs> chime up the whole halo sector. No, but, but like what, what role do you feel like your firm does or, or can do in saying like, look, we're, you know, we're getting our name out there. We're marketing our double impact. And, yep. you know, whether we get these deals or whether somebody else fund these deals, like this is happening and everything benefits us if, if people change their behavior. Now, that's a great question. And I don't think we're pretending that, you know, through our investments in businesses of 10 to $50 million uh, per, per business, we can change the obesity epidemic or solve global warming. You know, there's, we're not pretending that's the case. What we can do is help fund scalable models, Mm -hmm. which can start being, you know, one of the instruments to pursue that. So when we're thinking about by Chloe, you know, if 
I will feel extremely successful if 10 years down the line, you know, in all across, you know, America and not only in the coastal cities, you have plant-based fast casuals and dedicated plant where, you know, are not, you know, gender biased, where, you know, everybody goes and every, you know, families go and, and, sure. and, and that's in, in plant-based just becomes a normal point of conversation. And maybe by Chloe will be one of the kind of elements of the domino effect, which will make that happen. Right. So that, you know, we need to, we need to, 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 to trust kind of disruptive concepts and help them get, you know, uh, mature business tools as we've developed at Bank Capital to really scale these ideas. Uh, and that's really how we're thinking across our portfolio. And we've talked a lot about, you know, by Chloe, but, you know, there are a bunch of other portfolio companies and, you know, and, and Impact Fitness, which is a planned fitness franchisee is one mm-hmm. where, you know, we we have, you know, in the low 20s unit, gym units there open in rural areas and increasing access to gyms and the examples we're setting on how we're running that franchisee have ripple effects on the 1,500 you know boxes that Plant Fitness has yeah, across no, the country. Awesome. What we're what we're doing with some of our healthcare companies by trying to have best practice employee practices um, are um, are hopefully contagious to the industry. Once we've proven that you know by investing more in your caregivers, for instance. That you have, you know, more retention, better productivity. So instead of instead of you know squeezing those type of employees, which are critical to kind of the, the future of the healthcare industry in the U.S., people start cherishing more them more and offering them better careers. So um, so it's more setting an example and telling really these uh, you know telling stories seems a little bit too anecdotal, but really trying to approve a few kind of create a playbook where we have you know a, basically a, a catalog of good ideas that work and and do that. Um, but it's you know it's a yeah, I think, I, well, look, I, I think uh, all this is kind of like manual weapons of mass destruction against <laughs> some of these processed food companies. And we'll we'll get there. We need, you know, all of us out there, you know, doing our, our, our share. And I think it's it's starting to make a dent. I mean, you got 14 million people that belong to a planet fitness. Yeah, it's you know? nuts. It's I mean, bigger than most healthcare companies, which yeah, is, which is yeah. It. yeah. So I think we're all going in the right direction. So just, why don't you just do a, a quick summary of, you know, when, when an entrepreneur is at what size can they start talking to you about, mm-hmm. you know, potentially getting involved, you know, size of the fund, um, and, and, and then we can, uh, you know, make sure that we get the, the right entrepreneurs over to your, uh, toe over to your desk. Well, th- th- thanks for the generous offer. So, we we invest across all sectors of the economy, actually. Um, so I, I you know, and, and so Halo can mean many things. Halo can mean I, I do want to start by kind of where we invest in terms of sectors. Halo uh, Halo can mean uh, you know food and CPG. It can be co-manufacturers within okay. food. It can be uh, processors, distributors. It can be gym concepts. It can be suppliers to those. It can be uh, education companies and, and others. So. Uh, we just want mission-driven uh, management teams or founders who want to solve a problem and make money at the same time. They want to gotcha. do good and do well. Uh, in terms of you know, metrics uh, on the investment side, you know, the check we will write is, is for this first fund, which is a $390 million fund, uh, are in between 10 and about $50 million. Uh, we uh, and we look for uh, you know businesses which are profitable. So we're not looking. We're not a VC shop. We're a growth and private equity shop. And so what that means is we you know we we can put money on the balance sheet to help you grow the business, or we can offer you know secondary you know what's called secondary investments, which is basically provide li- liquidity to some of the shareholders, uh, you know, in exchange for a part of the business. Um, and uh, and so you know in, when it, when we're thinking about minimum levels of profitability, I think we're thinking in between you know four and six million EBITDA. So okay. it's probably the minimum, and you know we can go much higher than that. 
Great. So uh, Bain Capital Double Impact is now officially Halo certified. And we want to thank you for being on the show and giving us some of your wisdom and uh, look forward to uh, making a dent in the world, uh, maybe even more meaningful as uh, as we keep making investments with, uh, with guys like you. Well, thank you so much. And I hope uh, we get a logo for our website to be Halo certified or a t-shirt or something like that. Yeah, we'll get you, we'll get you an EPS uh, file <laughs> as soon as possible. Thanks for coming on. It's great to meet you. Thanks a lot, Pete. Thanks.